Welcome to Spacers. This week we have Rachel Ogre, a developer that specializes in front-end and Ruby on Rails. She recently spoke at uh, Virtual SaaS Summit. Uh, when during her intro, she mentioned this great conference she co-founded called Write, Speak, Code that strives to empower women software developers to be their own like developer evangelist uh, by becoming thought leaders, conference speakers, and open source contributors. I thought that was fantastic. I wanted to uh, join her on the have her on the show and just talk more about it. Uh, also joining me on this interview is Ari Stiles. Uh, she's my partner at Environments for Humans, uh, where we have a lot of discussions about how we make our events uh, open and, accept- and accepting on almost a regular basis. So I um, so hope you enjoy the, enjoy the show. Um, just some notes. I'll be hosting a virtual conference in December, on December 10th, about Perch CMS Summit. It's a lightweight PHP CMS. Uh, so if you're interested in that, uh, check it out for more details at perchcmssummit.com. Also, check out links to sites, apps, tools, etc. mentioned in this episode at nonbreakingspace.tv. Uh, please be sure to go to iTunes, search for Nonbreaking Space Show in the podcast section, and subscribe so you always get the latest show. And if you wouldn't mind, uh, just rate, give us a rating and let us know how it goes, uh, use the key phrase awesome sauce, just so I know that you guys are are paying attention. And I think that's it for now. Uh, please enjoy the show. See you next time. Well, yeah, but I want to talk to you. Like, we just saw you at SAS Summit, right? Online. Yes. Correct. Uh, talk about that, but I think one of the things that really got me interested was in, in your in your bio was the um, the conference that you co-founded. And yes. so what's the name of the conference? The conference is called Write Speak Code. We hold it, well, it's only been in the United States, but we do call it an international conference because we actually had our first international attendee last year. Uh, she came from Africa and she was one of our scholarship winners and it was really great to be able to provide that. And uh, we really are looking to target women who have been in their careers for a couple of years now and want to imp- keep improving and how to do that. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. I was just loving the structure of it. And I'm wondering, um, just kind of like on a logistical level, like uh, how many uh, applicants do you receive for things like scholarships and speakers and that sort of a thing? Cause it looks pretty big. Well, so the attendance we're aiming. F- so the thing with Write Speak Code is that it is a very directed type of conference where we've created this curriculum in collaboration with other uh, organizations such as Code Montage. And we actually used to have um, the op-ed project lead our first day. So each day is broken down into either write, speaking or coding. And we have like a specific Um, thing that we want to tackle in our first year attendees who are looking to get more comfortable writing op-eds, writing blog posts, and things like that. And then also our speak day is very involved, and um, we work on creating bios, figuring out um, what we're experts in, and sometimes that can be very challenging for people to really be able to nail down what their expertise is. And we really get them in front of other people. It's And we consider it a safe space 
because everybody there is new to speaking and get up there and actually present uh, a topic for 10 to 15 minutes and get them over this uh, shyness in front of people. And then our final day, we, we uh, break into groups and we work on contributing to open source projects. So we have representatives from these different open source projects come and help people get it set up on their computer, debug things, and be able to then make a pull request by the end of the day. Yeah. So, I mean, because you have so many people, you know, everyone's participating and getting their 10 to 15 minutes. Um, I'm guessing that's kind of like an intimate group of people. Yes. We try to break them up so that there's only about, I would say, eight to 10 people per room. And they have what we consider like a mentor who is there to ask questions, maybe uh, coach them on how to really uh trim down their material to get into like one specific topic that they can talk about as well as um, do their, like really uh, get their slides to look good, what kind of tips and tricks they have. And we do, uh, you can present individually, but we do set it up in a way that you can present with a, with a partner so that you have this extra uh, support there for you. Okay. Okay. And then um, I'm also curious, it's a, it's an all women conference. Correct. Yeah. So we are cis and trans friendly and we do want to uh, encourage that, uh, like what our definition of, of all women conference. And it really is to give women a safe space that they're not. I, I think a lot of feedback that we got from women is that they do feel intimidated with other men there. And um, the feedback that we've gotten with just the women uh, at Right Speak Code is that they are, they like look around in the room and I'm like, oh my gosh, there's just, I've never been with so many technical women and they really enjoyed that. Mm. So um, we've really tried to make that a safe space for everybody to be able to share what their concerns are. We don't, um, unless it's a keynote type of um, presentation, we don't videotape. So we do kind of suggest that people, when they're presenting, they have somebody hold their phone so that they can record their presentation for them to look back on later mm -hmm. to be able to critique their own presentation. But we don't like, uh, we try not to, we try to keep it very safe and uh, like a very focused type of conference. Well, I like that a lot because I think it's also just for them to like refer back later, but mm -hmm. it's also just yes. a really great confidence booster. You know, if it's mm -hmm. someone's first time speaking, you know, about technology in front of a crowd, it's, it's nerve wracking your, your first time out, you know? It, uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And just to be, you know, it's on your own phone. So it's safe. Okay? It's not like mm -hmm. on the internet. And then you just go back and look at it when you need, like, you know, I wish I had that idea when I started out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Technology is great now. Yeah. It's um, pretty a simple way to attack that problem too. Yeah. I like that. Uh, well, do you get any blowback about it being just a female conference? So one thing that we've been trying to um, really solidify our viewpoint is we want it to be able to increase diversity. So we've had questions such as, well, what if I'm gender nonconforming or I like, we, how do we specify the language around what we mean by a women focused conference? Who are we really trying to help? And uh, we've talked to different groups about it and um, we're, we're constantly evolving our language around it. And um, we want to make sure people are comfortable coming there. So like right now I would say we're, we're cis and trans women friendly 
Um, we're still trying to figure out if it makes sense that people who identify as non-binary or maybe a, a, a different type of gender, how they would fit into it as well. Uh, we do just have to be careful as a nonprofit organization um, about that. We are like targeting a specific demographic and we're not like specifically excluding people. We just want to create like a healthy, safe environment for our target demographic. Okay. Okay. And um, aside from the language, I mean, you know, obviously that's huge. And then also just in general, something that we've found is just by having conferences and being inclusive, there's kind of like a word of mouth that happens around that. What other things do you feel like are necessary um, for, you know, to create safe spaces and for uh, more diverse uh, groups to feel comfortable uh, uh, coming to your conference? So for instance, we also try to really help mothers come to the conference, our caretakers. Um, and one way that we try to get that out is that we have a room for pumping for women who um, may need to, um, who are breastfeeding and need to pump. We also offered free childcare. And we recognize that last year we Somehow we didn't do a, a fantastic job communicating that, but we did have people come, even if they didn't have children, um, and said, wow, this is great. You offer free childcare. I wish I knew about this. Or um, they respected us more because we were able to offer that. Yeah, And I think, and we're hoping that kind of makes its way through the community as well to say that we're really trying to make it mm-hmm. a welcoming space. I hear so many tech conferences say they wish they could do things like that. And I think that the more that are able to, you know, the more likely it seems across the board, you know, like it's more more attainable. Well, we're really, really lucky this year. Our venue for, um, we're moving the conference to Chicago this year and the dates are the uh, June 15th through June 17th. And we are at, um, the psychology school there, and they actually have these rooms built into it. So they have like uh, non-gendered bathrooms. They also have a mother's room and any, and all of these facilities already there. We didn't have to specifically ask for it. So it's like already set up for us. We got really lucked out with our venue. Wow. That's really great. And I, I, all of those things sound great, but they also sound like they would only be in a big city. That's the only thing that gets me about that. Yeah, that's probably very true. And I've been living in New York City now for a really long time. When did I move here? (laughs) (laughs) A really long time. And I think maybe it, it, whenever we did kind of think about it, like originally the conference was in New York City for for two years. And um, it's, it's space is always really hard and finding um, a venue that's going to understand that. Now, again, I don't know that we'd really pick to have a conference in a really small city just because we want people to be able to get to it with transportation and things like that. But um, I figure maybe, you know, try to set a, set some type of like mark, see how high we can get to it. Maybe it'll trickle uh, you know, to other spaces and other places. Yeah. People will come to expect it. And I think that's what happens, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think, I, yeah, I like that. Um, if we set this new standard of how conferences, like what they offer, then, you know, we're just opening it up to more attendees. Right. I just really, you know, admire 
there that you are striving for all of these things and are able to accomplish them. I just think it's really great. Um, Another thing that I ask every conference organizer, just because I'm always interested in their take on it, is you have a code of conduct. And so Mm -hmm. I'm wondering um, what uh, effect you feel like that has and uh, why you think it's important to have one. So it definitely sets the state. And and so being like a women-only conference, you would think maybe people would be like, oh, we don't need one because, you know, maybe men... (laughs) I mean, it could be like a really, it could be like a a really easy, like thing to not think about. But whenever we started the conference in 2013, um, we really made the case for like, we need a code of conduct, you know, this is just the way we should behave as a safe environment. And we didn't really, like, we had a much smaller group in 2013, since it was our first year. Uh, But last, or this past year, we actually really, we needed to get up there and say something um, to the attendees, even though we were all, we all were women there and said, everybody here has agreed to the code of conduct and we had an issue where somebody had learned that one of the women there was a trans woman and kept calling her by male pronouns. And, and this woman was really upset. And we just wanted to reiterate and say, like, look, this is a welcoming environment. Everybody write down on your name tags what your preferred pronouns are. And let's let's keep it on, on track here. Um, and after that, we got feedback from other trans women who said they really appreciated that we just kind of stood out there and said like look this is what's going to happen you all agreed to the code of conduct if you can't handle it like adults you know we'll deal with it um so I think a code of conduct is really important but I think as a conference organizer you have to understand like you have to follow up with that and you are agreeing to it as well. And as a conference organizer, you have to agree on, you have to really be solid on how you're going to handle these uncomfortable situations. And I've now had to do this. So we had to do that with right speak code. And I also run a rails bridge workshop in New York city. And I once had to eject someone from it because they were making very misogynistic comments and making all of the women really uncomfortable. And it's just, you have to be very, solid in it, understand what these limitations are and what's appropriate and be able to follow through on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've only ever had to eject one person too, and it is no fun, yeah. mm-hmm. but it is so great to be able to refer to something. It's like, you know what, you signed up for this and you had to go to contract there, yeah. and, you know, and yeah. to, you know, to have something like that to fall back on, I yeah. think is huge. Yeah, and I think it's really appropriate to then also announce to the audience that this is what happened, this is how we dealt with it, so that they understand that, you know, we're really making the effort to enact this code of conduct. So, yeah, and also, you don't, you don't want to, like, um, as a conference organizer, you don't want to be talking, uh, addressing rumors, like, one-on-one with the yeah. audience, you know, at, like, during the whole conference event, because if you just go up there and just address it. You know, hopefully people pay attention to what you're saying, <laughs> but uh, sometimes they don't. But, uh, but yeah, so that way you just nip it in the bud if, if that's the mm-hmm. expression I could use. Mm-hmm. But the expression I'm using a lot is because maybe men. Because maybe men. Because maybe men. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I, it, back a couple years ago, whenever code of conducts were relatively new, um, women were fighting for it. And I guess like, 
you know, we're always evolving mm-hmm. um, in, in what best helps other people feel co- comfortable. And so we listen to the type of um, critiques that we get in our feedback forms and try to make the best um, educated guess on how to, how to, what next things we can add or what we need to try better at. Um, but yeah, it's like, we just want all of our attendees to really under, and like, even if it's just all women and they don't say anything misogynistic, they could say something kind of passive aggressive even. And like, we all want people to be supportive and it doesn't matter what your gender is. It's like, we all have that capacity to be right sometimes yeah there's like microaggressions and stuff that a lot of times people don't even realize that they're doing you know so like so many are built into our culture and that sort of thing or you know just like it's ingrained yeah or like women making sex jokes or something you know Mm -hmm. even if it's a room full of women there's probably a handful of them that probably don't appreciate it yeah Awesome. Well, um, another thing that I think is interesting about your structure is that uh, when I read this, it made perfect sense that, you know, you have write, speak, code as the structure. And in the writing component, you have, uh, you know, you talk about blog posts and it just, you know, kind of hit me on the forehead. And I was like, you know, everyone I know who's a successful speaker has or either has or had a successful blog or someplace that they were blogging regularly. Could you speak a little bit about how you feel that blogging kind of affects your career, not just as a coder, but, you know, um, for in preparation for being a speaker at conferences? Sure. So I think often people, I've had conversations a lot saying, well, I've got the blog thing down. I don't know how to be a speaker. And I think, um, for me, what I started doing, and maybe maybe don't look at my website right now, but it is, <laughs> it's in the process of it's being... The kid shoes thing. It's like everybody yeah. I know feels that way about their website. Yeah, me too. So. Yeah. so I use my website, and as technologists, we understand SEO. We understand all of these different technology things that can go into better representing what we do. So... Um, Oftentimes, I've been approached by things I've written on my blog, and I'm going through it, and I'm looking at all of these different interviews that I've been, these talks, and really add it to my website, so it really becomes a portfolio of my work, and it really says, like, okay, here's everything I've written about, this is my area of expertise. I think your point was well made, that it becomes, you know, if it's, it's kind of like if you tend it regularly... Right. Um, it becomes really representative of your body at work. Right. And I think also the point is, is uh, that shaped me. Like, as we people, we understand SEO, we understand Google, and that when you have, and when you want to go out and talk about certain things that are interest of you, or you want to talk about it going forward, you want to collect them into a blog that has your name on it. And so, yeah. so when people go searching and for you or want to find more information about you, it's like a gold mine, like, you know, just like uh, you know, people that, oh, yeah, well, mm-hmm. she's been talking about this forever, you know, on this topic or mm-hmm. and or she's she has another talk in here or blog post where she's, she's more the person I want to listen to. Yeah, right. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. So it's very important just to just wrap it up to the blog. Mm-hmm. Very, like if you're starting out or if you want to keep on you know, making the first stuff, I think it's that that was true like a decade ago. 
if not, you know, even now more so. So, because uh, I mean, you have social media, you have Facebook, you have all this stuff where you actually go out and share your ideas. But it's so important, as um, you know, um, like that Sean when he was um, was running um, uh, South by Southwest Interactive. Mm-hmm. Like I saw his keynote um, before before he left was that he said like just own your own digital media. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and that's why I really encourage people to have their own domain, mm-hmm. have the content on their website. You don't know mm-hmm. if something's going to happen to Medium and all of that content. Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's awesome just to write your blog post and then go to Medium and and say hey it was originally published at. Yeah, you're, uh, you're, yeah, that too, too. Yeah, so, but also, like, Facebook is just, uh, I think it's just a social media black box because you have no idea, like, you know, other than people you friend, like, who's who might be like sharing your, your stuff and oh. all that. It's really mm-hmm. tough to track. The walled garden yeah, issue. yeah, but anyway, that's a different, yeah. it's a different, a different topic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. we've been uh, following a lot of uh, YouTube issues over the past year or so since we've been using YouTube a lot more, yeah. and uh. YouTube has a really legitimate use with Facebook right yeah. now about that. So right. completely understand. But I digress. Yes. But, uh, <laughs> That's okay. So what has been, I'll say like the most surprising thing about doing this conference project. I see that you're growing, so it's obviously successful. So I guess it was, we really started out because this is something that we really wanted to be able to have in our world like we um so i felt like like imposter syndrome up the wazoo because um i'm like trying to write a curriculum on how i've done speaking but like the first technical conference like i had never done one and um so we really went out and looked to create something that we wanted to attend ourselves. And I joked when we had our first conference kickoff on Saturday, I said, you know, my goal is one day to be able to actually attend to this conference. (laughs) Um, Because it's really true because I'm trying to make sure that everything else is all set up. Everybody has what they need. Um, And I guess maybe I'm surprised at just how much, how much goes into it, maybe, but uh, it's really great to then also have women come up to us and say, this has really changed my life and this is what's happened. And that's been such a reward. Mm-hmm. And even whenever you're so tired at the end and you're like, I never want to do this again. It's like, that's what, it's, that's what helps you get up off the floor and like keep moving. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I mean that's that's what yeah. I feel about um, CSS DevConf that we do. Uh-huh. Is is that uh, I would like to attend it one day. Yeah. <laughs> like, it seems like it would be fun. Yeah, it seems like it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So people go off and have fun, and I'm still, you know, we've got questions with the staff to deal with. And, you know, mm-hmm. right. Yeah, like well, we are significantly expanding uh, our team of conference organizers this year because historically it's only been about four or five of us and um, last year and previous years we haven't really been able to like attend our conference parties because we're always dealing with last minute stuff so we're kind of hoping we get to attend the party this year <laughs> right right you can't be a firefighter all the time yeah you know, 
I think it's a good, I think that's great that you're able to, you know, that you're thinking about that and doing that. And we, um, our current thing that we've been thinking about is, you know, we work with volunteers every time and we have a, a good troop of volunteers. There's some people that, you know, want to repeat or want to come back in a bigger role as volunteers. And so that's something that we are looking at doing is, you know, for the folks that are really loyal and that we see every year in one capacity or another, you know, if, if, you know, because they obviously love the conference or conferences that we put on, like, is there some way that we could um, enhance their role and, you know, but still, you know, have their satisfaction level be the same. Yeah, uh, we, yeah, so that's something that we definitely try to balance as well, is that we have volunteers who get, as long as nothing's going on, they can sit in on the conference for free. Uh, But, you know, we really try to ask them that when things kind of hit the fan, we need them. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, and and I really like the idea of, I think pretty much all of the people who we've invited to help us with the conference this year have either attended or mentored uh, last year or previous years. Mm-hmm. And it's really kind of like a stepping, it's like, you know, you learn skills to write speak code, but then if you really are passionate about what we're doing and want to contribute to it, we really also want to be able to have some type of framework to, help, to have people continue to help the organization and get, give ideas and um, bring new life into what we're doing because we don't, we don't know everything. We're just trying to like see what, what we think works. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's really fun too when the community has something, uh, an idea or something to contribute that you're like, Oh gee, you know, yeah. it makes perfect sense. Why didn't I think of that before? To feel like yeah. You can relate to that too. Yeah. It's just, yeah, it's awesome when the volunteers and everyone just contributes to a new idea to life. Okay, mm-hmm. so yeah, mm-hmm. okay. But um, yeah, and I, I mean, one thing I like about the volunteer setup that Ari does is, is it she does it in shifts. So so uh, so volunteers kind of like I don't know if it's like a Thunderdome or something that where like they have to do in shifts. So like. Like if you want to see day part of day one. Oh right, yeah, Yeah, exactly. So I make them choose, and I mean, you know, if I've got like you know ten to twelve people coming to the table, they're all going to have kind of like favorites about you know who they want to see versus who they don't, and so it's kind of like by having a choice of which shifts they want to work, and I break the day into three parts. It gives them, you know, we do the same thing where volunteers can sit and watch whatever you know, sessions they want if nothing is going on, but I want the people that are on call to be able to jump up and do something if something needs to happen. And Mm -hmm. so we are giving the volunteers lots of opportunities by taking, they all have to take two shifts. Mm. And so the rest of the time they can just attend the conference, you know, and it works out really well. And I mean, you know, a lot of times they still (laughs) will ask if there's something they can do to help, you know, yeah. I'm going to call on those people that are on the duty list first. Um, mm-hmm. All right. And I just said duty. Hey. <laughs> 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 but yeah. so I'm going to call on them first and it, you know, it makes it so that the, you know, we have the majority of our volunteers, not all, but the majority of them are students yeah. and they would, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, we had the same thing. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, we've had some really great volunteers over the years who are just so enthusiastic and I think really grateful just to be there and have access to women in their career because these women, the volunteers are young women who are just starting out and maybe in the next few years are going to graduate and they're already forming these connections by being exposed to this conference. Right. Well, uh, one thing, so, so I think uh, we talked about the conference being, um, I think the first day is brainstorming, uh, writing what you want to mm-hmm. speak about. Second day mm-hmm. is about presenting. Mm-hmm. And then the third day I noticed is about getting used to the open source community and what that means. And like from like gets to, can you explain more about that day three? What happened? Sure. Uh, so that is to help people, uh, feel fearless contributing to open source projects. So you really have a choice in whatever you'd like to contribute to, but we do have representatives on hand um, from different projects. I'm trying to think of, I'm drawing a blank right now, which uh, projects we've had in the past, um, but really like having people even just proofread content Add documentation is something that's very simple, and it's supposed to get these women comfortable with putting a pull request out there and getting, you know, getting critiques, getting it merged into a project and contributing that way, um, which can be very stressful. It can be intimidating, and we want to show them that it really is not a big deal, and you can give a lot back to the community just by translating something. So yeah, I, I just like it because like uh, within three days, I feel like it's uh, you've created a, a, a their own personal uh, developer evangelist. You know, they can mm-hmm. actually they have like the initial tool sets to become a uh, you know a developer evangelist. You know, like you're able to write mm-hmm. uh, you know write a presentation, give a presentation, mm-hmm. and contribute to the community and help leverage something like that. But it's not just for a company that be developer evangelist but it's for themselves yeah so i really like this idea where you're kind of creating this you're i think through this process you're really finding out more about yourself and about where you find your passion Mm -hmm. um and how to promote yourself and talk about yourself especially which can be intimidating um and i think right now what we're also thinking about is that our curriculum is pretty solid for the first year and we're looking to see what we can do for repeat attendees because it doesn't really make a lot of sense to have somebody repeat the entire three days there. But let me tell you, people are exhausted by the end of <laughs> even the most experienced people after three days are just like, Oh my gosh, I yeah. need a break. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, um, cause you're like left brain, right brain, stress of speaking. I mean, you just made like, yesterday mm-hmm. and you get the posture syndrome going on yeah. Yeah, just oh my gosh well i mean public speaking uh, the majority of people are more afraid of that than death you know and so we're <laughs> moving to a new house yeah nowadays. you know confronting your fears is a, a big deal so obviously that's there is you know giving so much of themselves if they're really yeah. participating yeah if you're an introvert yes you're just burnt out yeah it's yeah kind of it's a well, downtime. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I need to take space for that. Mm-hmm. As an introvert, like, oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, 
Yeah, I think that was fun. I think it's awesome. So what type of ideas do you have for people who would come back again? Like what topics are you pulling? So we're think we're currently brainstorming this and we are going everywhere from um different content. So writing so maybe like you would pick one type of discipline, either write speaking or coding, um, and create maybe an ebook. Uh if you're speaking, maybe we could talk about if we if we could get like an expert on podcasting or creating like a video series, like we can what we were trying to look on is how can we bring bring even more content to this and like sharing ideas. And something that we definitely want to keep is that the reward for people coming to the conference often is having these men, the mentors, like the people who have done it before interacting with people who've never done it before. So we have, we have to also figure in how we're going to have these two groups meeting and under what circumstances and really make those relationships form um, so that people kind of feel like it's a community and it's a network um, as we move through the, the whole three days. Oh, nice. Okay. Nice. That makes sense. Like, just kind of just amp up what you what you have there, and mm-hmm. yeah, leveraging the technologies that are out there for get, get people to publish more and more platforms. It's yes. very awesome. Okay. Cool. Again, we've been spending a lot of time uh, reading and fooling around with YouTube and, and that sort of thing, and so I just think it's huge potential um, for people. You know, and again, I mean. You know, we talk about people being afraid of public speaking. Well, are you afraid of screencasting, or are you? You know what I mean? There's other ways of getting information out there too. You know, yes. For, uh, you know, and then the other issue that I've kind of run into with blogs and like you know people that are just coming up now. You know, they would rather vlog. You know, mm-hmm. and uh-huh. so, you know we have to think about that as just as acceptable. And if you're <sighs> if you're vlogging in a way that's actually involves like some preparing and some research and that sort of thing, instead of just like, you know, spewing at a camera or whatever, I think that you're doing just as much, if not work as, if not more more work than, you know, a traditional blog format that, you know, is written. Mm -hmm. Plus look presentable in front of a camera. I mean, that's these things, right? Things. I don't know. I don't know how professional YouTubers do it, man. That's like right. Nice. I well, it. I sat across from someone who'd done a Python series at one of the workshops that I went to. We went to VidCon this year, and this gentleman—it was like it was his passive income, you know. And so um, it was like his baseline expenses. You know, he'd worked his way up to, and figured out that there was a niche there that oh, somebody mm. needs to be talking about Python on YouTube, and so he has a series. And it pays a lot of his bills, you know? So, I mean, it's worth considering for those reasons as well. You know, not only does it help you, you know, be more articulate, but it also gives you a certain level of freedom maybe in your career. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. All goes to up and share what you know. Right, right. Cool. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's about it. I think it's pretty good. Right? Yeah. So... Uh, how can uh, people find you online, Rachel, or find out more about the conference? So we are at writespeakcode.com. Uh, we're working on our conference website as we speak. And we are looking for sponsors. So please feel free to email us at sponsors at, sponsors at writespeakcode.com or find us online at our website. 
and you are expanding, correct? So instead of just the one show, you're doing more per year. Is that right? Sorry. If I so that. we have... We have a workshop called Own Your Expertise, and that is mini workshops, like one-day workshops that will run around the country. And yes, we're currently in San Francisco, Chicago, and New York City. We're thinking of expanding to D.C. area. And if we have some people who are really enthusiastic about getting us there, you know, contact us, and we'd be happy to talk. That sounds great. Awesome. Well, Thank you so much for, for being on the show today. And best wishes for continued success, yes. too. I'm just so excited by what you're putting together and so glad that it's working out well. All right. Thank you so much for having me. 